It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Coach Harrison and I met five years ago and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, special Saturday show here going up a little later. Didn't have time to do this on Friday, but uh, I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And on Thursday, I filled in for Dave Schultz to host his show on WNSP and uh, talk to Justin, talk to Lance, but also talk to Josh Vitale previously of the Montgomery Advertiser. Thursday was his last day, and the last thing that he did as an Auburn beat writer was uh, chat with me on uh, Mobile Sports Talk Radio. So uh, I wanted to air our conversation for you guys uh, just because I've got a ton of respect for Josh. Final hour of today's game plan on WNSP. Zach Blackerby filling in for Dave Schultz today. Honored to have been asked to do this. Means a ton. Stephen Root keeping things going in the WNSP studios, and it is the Tide and Tiger Report. We'll start things off talking a little Auburn Tigers with a good friend of mine, Josh Vitale of the Montgomery Advertiser. Josh, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Zach. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing. It's your last day. This is your last radio hit, right, as an Auburn beat writer. This is it. I filed my last story like four minutes ago. This is this is the end right here. What are you I'm feeling spending, right now, Josh? I mean... Uh, well, I, I'm glad I'm glad you're spending it with me as well. But w- what are you feeling? I mean, you've done such a great job covering the Auburn Tigers since uh, since you started with uh, with the OA News several years ago. But you've uh, you've done a lot of really cool things. Yeah, I have. Uh, thank you for saying that. I did a good job. I you know I I really enjoyed my time here. I, I got to see a lot of cool things. I went to a college world series. Went to a final four. I saw Auburn basketball go from a really bad program to a a pretty solid program that, you know, has a chance to compete, you know, in the NCAA tournament. Seen some very interesting football games. It's been a, it's been a very fun ride for me here. 
Is there a team that stands out to you the most that was like the most fun to cover? Uh, I don't think you can answer that question without saying the the 2018-19 basketball team that went to the Final Four. Yeah, right. Um, that that I mean that Final Four run was um, one of the craziest things ever been around. Just just the level of confidence and belief that team had in itself and the way it played during that run. That was that's something I'll never forget. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was um, that was a really really cool thing. So. I mean, you're a you're a northern guy, and you coming down to Auburn. To, I mean, when you took this job, what uh, what all did you expect? And it, did, you know, did it kind of line up with what you thought it would be? I had absolutely no idea what to expect, honestly. Like I'd never been to Auburn before. I said yes to the job. the The day I moved in was the first time I'd ever even crossed uh, the city line. Yeah. Um, so zero expectations. Um, I remember that the first game I went to, it was at Jordan-Hare. It was Auburn against Clemson in that opener in 2016. It was like an 8.30 kick on ESPN. I remember being on the field. Um, Cam Newton was there walking around. I think Bo Jackson was in the sideline. The place was full, and it was loud. And, like, I mean, I'm from Connecticut, and I went to Maryland, so I hadn't seen <laughs> real college football. And my reaction was like, holy crap. Like, right. This is like nothing I've seen before. Um, and it wasn't, and it was, it was, it's, it's been cool to, to kind of really be a part of it. Um, because I mean, people like it, it's cheesy. Yes. He always says it, but like, I mean, SEC sports are different. They're, they're better than most areas of the country. The fans are more passionate here. There are more fans here than anywhere else. It's, it, it's, it's definitely, it, it wasn't boring covering Auburn. I'll say that. The, the Clemson game in 2016, was that the, the five quarterbacks took a snap game? Oh yeah, I mean I, they, they threw me right in the thick of it. That was the first <laughs> Auburn game I ever covered, and what what a way to start! Yeah, you got to see uh, you got to see the Cox Cat early and often. The pirouette, baby. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> well, fast forwarding, kind of you know looking ahead to to twenty twenty one. What have you seen the most out of Brian Harson? I mean, as you've covered this team throughout the off season since he, he made everybody work on Christmas Eve, um, you know, from, from that Christmas Eve press conference to now, what have you seen in regards to a shift in culture with this program? Uh, the, it, it's demanding. That's kind of what I the vibe I get. Um, He's very much a no-nonsense guy. Yeah. Um, he demands a lot of players. He demands a lot of coaches. And it seems like most of the players in the roster have responded really well to it, which is good. Right. Uh, you never know how that's going to work with the coaching change. And obviously Auburn did lose some players to the portal, which is natural. Um, but for the most part, a lot of the stars of the team last year are back, and they seem to really be buying into it. Um, I mean, I'm not going to be covering it, but I am going to be fascinated to see how it all goes this season. I'll probably still tune in because it's interesting. I mean, this is a brand-new start. Um, Harson is not an SEC guy, has no experience down here. Right. Um, so it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, how much, if at all, he can improve upon, you know, what last year's team did or what Gus Malzahn did. My biggest question about this team is the offensive line. Every now and then I can get into a mood where I talk myself into the fact that it's going to be okay, that it's going to work out, and that Will Friend, the offensive line coach, is going to be able to find the the right five guys and maybe they can do more than what they did last year. But most of the time, I'm like, eh, I think that's going to be the weakness of this team. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same spot as you with kind of like 
I could see it getting better, but I also you don't want to believe it till you see it because yeah. I, I think the thing that stands out most to me is if you look at it, they have eight guys who started games last year, but they were so inconsistent as far as playing it together because there were so many inj- injuries, so many moving parts. I looked it up last week; they had they started the the same lineup in back to back games like twice all season. Right. Uh, they never started a lineup more than two times in a row. So I think in theory, you get a new coach who teaches them some new things, and they can get a, a group of five to come together and stay together and play a whole season together, you can see how that group could get better. But there's no more excuse of like, well, there's an experience. They haven't been here before. That was last year. This year, that group has to get better because you're right. If they don't get better, this team is not going to get better. That offense is the center. Of, the, the offensive line is going to be the center of anything they do on offense, obviously. Yeah, yeah, especially with the style that Harson wants to run. I mean, that hard-nosed, just move people, beat people up, and over the course of the game, just kind of wear down the other team. I think that's kind of the mentality he's going to have on both sides of the ball. The thing that's interesting to me, Josh, is I expected them to move, like to to be doing more like mixing and matching during spring. And they didn't really do that. It was pretty much the same offensive line, except they moved the left tackle out and they put Troxel in there. Uh, everything else seemed to be the same. I guess there was different because Brandon Council was still out. But as a general like rule, I mean, it was pretty much the same other four guys. Keandre Jones was the guy that came in for Council after he went down, and he was the starting guard in spring. That's kind of the thing that concerns me because, like, if that's the best you got, it's like, well, the guys behind them, it's like, man, they must not have much faith in them either. Yeah, there's there's not a ton of ready depth in this offensive line, and that's not going to be the fault of this coaching staff. That Auburn has just not recruited that position very well. Uh, that's been talked about over and over again, and that's going to yeah. be Bill Friend's biggest charge. Is You've got to start go getting like you got to start getting guys in here. Um, you can't be in a position where you're starting um, converted defensive tackles in the offensive line every single year. Like that's not a repeatable, you know, way to do things. They've got to start getting more guys in because you you need to have that competition and that push. If you have the same five guys all year and those five guys aren't playing very well, it's because, like you said, the people behind them aren't pushing them, and that's that's not good. They need to find more guys to create that competition. And that's why I'm, I'm surprised they haven't found a graduate or a transfer to come in. I'm not sure if there's one out there and they, you know, if there isn't one out there and, you know, they haven't found the right fit or if there is one out there, they didn't get them. I don't know. But I, I, I'd be surprised or interested to see, if, you know, if they don't get a transfer in just to kind of add to that competition and see what kind of improvements they can make at that position. Right. And I think Troxel's fine at left tackle. I just don't trust his health. I mean, he's he's had a really uh, really unfortunate run of injuries, I think, dating even back to high school, if I remember correctly. And I just... Yeah, he's, he's trying to create It's just ACL. tough to overcome that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, uh, just kind of on a personal level, I'd love to see Austin Troxel be able to stay healthy and play a full season, because he hasn't Me been too, able to do yeah. that once, probably since high school. Um, and yeah, you know, he was, he was a really good player coming out of high school. He was a four-star Auburn was really high on him, and it just hasn't hit yet. Um, maybe, you know, last year he got through most of the season healthy. It wasn't a starter, but, you know, played more down the stretch. Um, maybe that propels him into the offseason, and maybe he, he is healthy, and maybe he can be an impact guy on that offensive line. Um, I mean, it would be good for him and good for Auburn. So it, it, that, that'd be cool to see after kind of all he's been here through with the injuries. 
Josh Vitale joining us on this Thursday afternoon game plan as Zach Blackerby here fills in for Dave Schultz. Bo Nix, I mean, a, a ton of questions about, you know, can he take that next step? I haven't talked to you a whole ton about this offense. I, I mean, do you think Mike Bobo and Brian Harson will be able to make him more comfortable? I think they can. Um, just looking at their track record, they've they've shown the ability to to inherit quarterbacks and improve them. Specifically, Harson at Boise State, he had two guys that took huge leaps. For me, on offense, like I, I know quarterbacks can be the talking point. The biggest question for me is who catches the passes, because mm-hmm. um, it's easy to talk about like who's going to throw it, but like if those wide receivers don't step up, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. And the lack of experience in that side of the ball concerns me. There's talent there. I mean, Zevion Capers, um, Toby Hudson, you know, former four stars. Elijah Canyon has looked really good the last two times I've seen him on the field in the Citrus Bowl in A-Day. Um, but that whole group combined in their whole careers has less catches, yards, and touchdowns than Eli Stove did by himself last season. Um, <laughs> so there's there's no experience there. So those guys stepping up, I think, will be key for this offense. If those guys don't step up, then it doesn't really matter who's going to play quarterback. The offense passing game is going to struggle. you got to have guys who can go out and make plays in that offense. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. And it's been interesting. You kind of hinted at it. The two positions I thought they would be most aggressive in going after in the transfer portal would be offensive tackle and wide receiver. And we have not seen that. Now, there's guys in both of those um, you know, the receiver from Georgia, the offensive tackle from LSU, a lot of Auburn fans are, are wanting those guys. But, I mean, we don't even fully know if Auburn's able to go get those guys just because their class may be full. We don't know. They're not going to release those numbers as far as what their strategy is in regards to doing that. But do, do you think there's any chance that they're confident in what they've got since they didn't get any new receivers, any veteran receivers in the transfer portal? I, I I feel like I'd be surprised if they didn't try to go get someone. Again, like yeah. you said, we don't know the numbers. They're not going to tell us that stuff. And there is a lot of math involved trying to figure out who fits in what class and all this stuff. Um, but Auburn did a great job in the transfer portal this offseason. They got two defensive linemen. They got a bunch of defensive backs who could be key players on that defense. But it is a little surprising they didn't help the offense, too, because if you looked at the biggest positions of need, like you said, this offensive line and wide receiver – and you got to, especially wide receiver, you got to think just having one veteran guy. You don't have to get a game changer. You don't need to go find a former five star, but just one guy mm-hmm. who's been around a little bit, you know, consistent guy who can be a, a leader for a really young group. I think that would help those guys a ton because right now their veteran is Chedrick Jackson, who, you know, has a hard time staying healthy, and then Kalen Newton who's been a wide receiver for one season. So going to get a veteran guy who's got a little bit of experience, you know, at this level, I think would help that group a lot. But, yeah, it remains to be seen whether they'll do that. There's obviously still time. You know, it's only July 1st, and they have still August before they start playing or practicing again. But, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they if they do find a way to add some, some depth and competition at those spots. Josh Vitale, your last day as an Auburn beat writer or sports journalist um, ends on the start of a new era for college football. Obviously, it's been fun to watch and follow all of the deals that are happening throughout college football and throughout the SEC, and specifically, I guess, for our interest, Auburn. What have you thought of this first day of this name, image, and likeness era for uh, for football? I love it. Uh, I'm Well, one, I'm happy I'm not having to cover it because um, it seems like a lot of work. 
Um, sure. But on a less personal note, I love it for these kids because, I mean, it's they're finally getting to do what normal people do. Like when I went to college, I made money. I worked jobs. I wrote stories. People paid me to do stuff. Yeah. These athletes are more famous than I ever was. Um, they have bigger brands than I ever was. And for so long, the NCAA said, no, sorry, you can't make money. And that, to me, is ridiculous. So when I see Bo Nix tweeting a, or having an Instagram photo with Milo's saying he's getting some money for that, Sean Shiver saying, hey, I'm going to go play Warzone on Yoke, you know, link up, let's play, pay me money, and we can do it. Like, that's cool. It's, it's cool to see athletes being able to profit. And, you know, will everyone get rich off it? Definitely not. That's I don't think that was the intent. Um, but just being able to go make some money, earn a little bit while you're in college, um, every student gets to do that except athletes. It's cool that athletes finally get to as well. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that. It's like uh, most of these kids aren't going to get rich from this stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. we had a caller earlier in the show, and I've seen this as a common concern for uh, for a lot of longtime college football fans when they kind of ask the question, hey, what happens in the middle of the season if they're more concerned with, you know, dealing with their clients that, you know, the, the, these companies that are paying them for name, image, and likeness and stuff, and maybe they miss out on some of practice or they fall behind in preparation for the game and things like that. I don't think they're going to be so concerned about making money because I think a lot of these deals for the vast majority of these players are going to be so small. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. And I also, I think everyone who's saying that, because I've, I've, I've seen those comments too, and I've also seen like, you know, what if, um, you know, the third string running back, you know, gets mad at the quarterback because he's making less money. Like, will there be a divide in the locker room? There, There's professional sports, basketball, football, baseball, every single sport. All these players have endorsement deals. All these players do commercials. All these players have pay disparity. The quarterback gets paid more than the backup cornerback. That's how right. it works. And you don't hear, like, in the NFL locker room, like, well, yeah, that, that, the, the backup cornerback hates the starter because he makes more money. That's not how it works. You, you earn what you're worth. Um, so professional athletes can make money, um, be friends with their teammates, and still make practices and games, there's no reason to think a college athlete can't do that as well. Like, they're younger, but they're not children, and they're still going to have a coaching staff and people involved in the athletic department who are going to help them through this. This is not just, like, Sean Shivers out there on his own doing whatever he wants. Like, he's still part of a football program. He still has a staff that he's going to work with. Like, they're not – yeah, I, I think people are putting way too little faith in, in kids who are – yeah, they're young, but they're not – you know, immature. They know what they're doing. They're, they're smart kids. There's a reason they're in college. Right. Well, one of the one of the Auburn athletes that I interacted with today that he's going to partner with uh, with the podcast that I do, Locked On Auburn, uh, is an offensive lineman. And he was texting me after we kind of you know settled all this. And I'm like, Hey, man, thanks for doing this. It's cool. And he's like, No, dude. Seriously, thank you for like wanting an offensive lineman to be a part of this. And it's like, yeah. Wow, that's that, that's kind of a cool thing. You know that 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 he said that because, I mean, I was an offensive lineman in high school. I respect offensive linemen. You and I know the game of football pretty well. We understand the importance of offensive linemen, but, yeah. you know, it, it, it's boring. Offensive line is a boring topic. It's important, but it's boring. And so I think he was surprised that, you know, people reached out to him day one during this new era of name, image, and likeness. But I think he recognized that coming in. He wasn't going to get mad that, that Bo Nix had a deal with Milo's, you know, one minute into all of this, you know. 
Yeah, these athletes know, they understand where they, they're at. Like, Brandon Council knows that he's not as big a name as Bo Nix in terms of advertising. That's not a secret. And that doesn't mean, and that doesn't mean Bo Nix is going to be like, well, I'm not going to talk to Brandon Council because I'm Bo Nix, I'm with Milo. It's like, I don't think that's going to, that's not how it's going to happen. Like, it's just people making money. Like, you and I both went to college, like, some kids had part-time jobs. Some kids didn't. Like, some kids yeah. made more money than others. No one was, like, resenting each other for it. It's just you go get paid what you're worth. That's what normal people do. There's no reason that athletes shouldn't be able to do the same thing. Josh, it has been awesome to work alongside you over the last several years, and you've come on the radio with me a ton. I really appreciate it. And, uh, man, best of luck in your uh, your uh, next uh, career. Thank you so much, Zach. It was it was always a joy coming on with you, whether it was TLB or anything else. And I wish you the best of luck down here and uh, keep killing it, doing what you're doing. All right, there's that. And, of course, if you're in the Mobile area, listen to Dave Schultz, 3 to 6 Central Time on WNSP, 105.5 down there in Mobile. We'll be back on Monday. Got a lot of cool news for the show. I'm sure most of you guys have seen it on Twitter already, but we'll talk about that and more. Happy 4th. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.